Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. For today, we will continue on with our monthly conversation on the Muni market. Joining us once again for the conversation, glad to welcome back Kathleen McNamara, Senior Municipal Strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Kathleen, it's great to be with you as always. Thank you for dropping by and looking forward to our conversation. Good morning, Dan. So, Kathleen, I know you're joining us to talk about the latest municipal market guide from the UBS Chief Investment Office. The title of that note, Buy Quality Municipal Bonds Nationally. So perhaps that's a good place to start. We can dive into that a bit deeper. So as alluded to, this month's guide focuses on the ability of clients to cross state lines to create a national portfolio of muni investments or bonds, put another way. So what are some considerations here, Kathleen, when it comes to approach as well as the evaluation of investment opportunities in this context? Sure, Dan. I'm happy to discuss. And in our previous municipal market guide this year, we focused on building municipal bond portfolios in California and New York, which are among some of the higher tax states. In this month's Spotlight article, we took the opportunity to discuss the rationale for investors to consider crossing state lines, as well as keeping costs low when evaluating investment opportunities. Keep in mind that although there is a financial incentive in most states to buy in-state bonds, we do remind investors that most of the tax benefit from owning municipal bonds is obtained at the federal level. So in our report, we discussed three reasons why we believe investors should consider adding some national names to a muni portfolio at this time. The first is that investors can minimize the adverse impact of single-state supply constraints. I mean, for example, Connecticut, the state that you reside in, um, that state has, issued, has experienced a big decline in new issue supply this year. That's much more than the overall market. As a point of reference, I took a look at Connecticut issuance year to date, and I see that it has fallen by 66%. Um, so that's a, that's a big fall off. By comparison, the par amount of overall tax exempt new bond sales is down by roughly 25% over the same time frame. So therefore, you know, looking at some national names could help, you know, bridge that gap of not being able to find some single state bonds. You know, um, second, you know, widening that opportunity set to include national bonds uh, does have the opportunity to improve liquidity of a municipal bond portfolio. And a third consideration that we highlight in the report as a benefit from investing nationally is to diversify the credit risk of the portfolio. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity out there outside of one's own state border. A good example there of Connecticut citing that, Kathleen. I I will, of course, encourage our listeners, our clients to read further into the Spotlight article within this month's Muni Market Guide. Uh, Moving along through our conversation, Kathleen, perhaps we can spend a few moments just touching on recent performance of the asset class. How have Muni's fared in the wake of the debt ceiling resolution? I recall we spoke a lot about that a couple of months ago at this point, as well as with redemption season now underway. That's an important consideration as well. What's your near-term performance outlook for munis? Uh, sure, Dan. I mean, in the wake of the debt ceiling resolution that we spoke about so much uh, last month, munis have exhibited a much stronger market tone. In fact, on a month-to-date basis through June 20th, investment-grade munis have posted gains of close to 1%. And that has been despite um, a, tre- a treasury index. I took a look at that this morning, and uh, that index has actually 
witnessing a modest loss over the same time frame. So we're seeing some outperformance on munis relative to U.S. Treasuries. If I look at on a year-to-date basis, tax-exempt paper is now up by close to 3%, outperforming their U.S. government debt counterparts, which have gained about 2% over the same time frame. As you mentioned, the high season for municipal bond reinvestment capital is now well underway. We do expect this supply demand imbalance to represent a tailwind for the muni market through midsummer. At the same time, the regional bank stress that we talked about last month um, now does appear to be contained. And the other um, potential headwind that we were looking at um, in the secondary market, um, it, it appears that municipal market participants estimate that over 65% of the FDIC muni portfolio holdings have been sold thus far without causing any meaningful disruption to the muni market as a whole. So if we put this all together, Dan, we do believe that munis can perform well in the near term. That is barring, of course, any unanticipated sharp move higher in U.S. Treasury rates that would pull munis along. But that's not our base case. It's worth noting within the guide you cite a recent pattern of outflows. Any color as to the cause there? And will that pattern sustain? Sure, Dan. I mean, you know, given the bounce of rate volatility that we did witness in the early part of this year, municipal bond mutual funds lost net new assets for three consecutive months, spanning from March through May. However, as market performance improved in the wake of the debt ceiling resolution, fund outflows finally reversed course in the first week of June. And I do think that the inflows can continue in the weeks ahead, benefiting from the high season for, uh, from uh, reinvestment capital through mid-summer. Thank you, Kathleen, for the clarity there. So as we begin to close out, perhaps we can spend the final moments talking about implementation within this month's guide. Of course, as always, you do cite some muni-related portfolio themes. Any in particular that you would like to highlight for us? Yes. Um, in in uh, credit, we continue to favor positioning muni assets in high-quality sectors rather than the lower-rated high yields areas of the muni market, and that's pretty much, the, you know, in, in the face of an economic slowdown, we believe it still makes sense to keep, stay up in quality. Some examples there that we talk about in the report, municipal electric utilities, state governments, and essential service water and sewer debt are all good examples of muni sectors that we think will exhibit good, you know, good credit quality resilience in an uncertain economic environment. By contrast, the not-for-profit hospital bonds and pockets of the private higher education sector face more challenges from a credit standpoint. Shifting to yield curve positioning, we continue to favor barbell portfolio structures. At present, we see value in short-dated one- to two-year munis compared to corporate debt, and again at the 12-year maturity point and beyond. In some instances, tax-equivalent yields on high-grade, longer-dated munis can exceed 7%. That suggests good value for investors in top the top marginal tax brackets, in our view. Well, thank you, Kathleen, for hitting on those implementation ideas. And, of course, as mentioned earlier, listeners, our clients can read further into these implementation portfolio themes within the latest municipal market guide. Again, that title, Buy Quality Bonds Nationally, is available now up on UBS.com slash CIO. Though for clients of UBS, simply reach out to your UBS financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy of the Municipal Market Guide directly. Though again, today we have been joined by Senior Municipal Strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office, Kathleen McNamara. Kathleen, thank you again for dropping by, sharing the insights that you did, and looking forward to picking back up with our muni conversation again next month. 
Thanks for having me back, Dan. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.